Ready to roll? Ready to rock. Cool. Fuck it, let's go. Welcome to the Layman Shamans podcast. As Mitch wanted me to do it really slow. Wait, slow or retard like? No, even slower than that. Hey, welcome to the Layman Shamans podcast. We could do it in a plethora of different characters. <laughs> welcome to the Layman Shamans. <laughs> Please. Yeah, that's it. Welcome to the home of the layman shamans. Excellent. So yeah, man, what's new with you? How's it going? What's uh? Ah, uh, man, I've been occupying myself quite a lot with this little Bitcoin mining rig. It's finally up and running. Finally, yeah, finally right. I made a little Raspberry Pi edition. Got uh, stuck it with an ASIC miner. So I'm getting uh, pennies a day in Bitcoin. I'm basically trading electricity consumption for Bitcoin. But fuck it. No, no, nice. it might be worth something. Yeah, well, it's productive, man, I suppose. Like, I didn't run. Like, at some point, I guess you'll pay for the rig. Well, who knows, man? <laughs> I, I, at the moment, it's not a profitable industry unless you have one of these ridiculous warehouse sized Bitcoin mining rigs dedicated exclusively for that purpose. But this is more like a hobby. Yeah, well, it's. it's really cool piece of software man you're making me quite jealous I mean I started to look into the possibilities of um, the pie I mean um, Makesine has got a whole section that's like under electronics you've got your computer and then you've got Raspberry Pi it's it's own little section man so there's all sorts of stuff all over there like you know stuff that people have built for all kinds of different yeah what have you been looking up no um, well I I can't yet see why I would apply it like or what I would use it for Mm. um Starting to think about the Sixth Sense technology, which right now is actually quite dated, um, realising that... See, I, I see it on TED, a really great place to see you know, creative thinkers and stuff. And there's this guy from MIT Tech, I can't remember his, his actual name right now, because I haven't got any reference material. But um, yeah, the guy built a augmented reality device. It's like an interaction with technology and outside world and the environment. So you can using like a, a I think it's called a, a Pico projector and a mirror and you project like a screen onto any surface like your hand or a wall or a piece of paper and you can use it like a desktop screen and you can do all kinds of things with it so yeah maybe that, that's how I could think maybe using a Raspberry Pi might work but I mean like a mobile computing device right now is even more powerful than a Pi right so yeah on the bare uh, bones of it they're definitely more intuitive but what I was thinking because I've obviously I think the Raspberry Pi has the advantage of being able to script it in to do exactly what you want. So I don't know what code you have to get because I believe the uh, Six Sense project is an open source project. Yeah, it is, it is available online, um, and there is some evidence of a bit of a community there, like on uh, Google Code. Uh, there's some you know chats and some forums about mm. it, and um, it's not dead and died out. But I think where the guy put it out there and put made it, he wanted to make it available to everyone. So he had his company making this product for like. Uh, around $600 or something like that mm. but he wanted to make it ex- accessible to the people that wouldn't be able to afford that every day so like how he when he started developing or like when he started working I think it was sometime in the early 90s he actually made a a gesture like a hand movement it recognised your, your hand gestures yeah yeah right um, but he used a, like mouse trackable like rollers and he calibrated it and like well programmed it to interact with it but and at the time, it was that kind of software was unreachable to the everyday man. It was like you know four, four to five hundred dollars, but he built it for like fifteen bucks, you know, in his in his house. So this is like 
this guy's ethics and this is how he works. So he put out the Sixth Sense stuff, how it was in his really bare bones. And if you want to augment it, you have to debug it yourself. And mm. there's different things you have to run through the code. It's almost like do it yourself and like learn how it works just to install it. You have to kind of go through it in quite a, you know. Yeah, it's incredible, man. I mean, obviously, the only competition that the uh, Sixth Sense has now, is that, I mean, when, I, when you told me about it back in 2012 or wherever it was, there wasn't much evidence of these like smartwatches or Google Glass coming out. So that's its main viable competitions. So obviously, a lot more noise has been concentrated on that. Rolling back to the Raspberry Pi, I mean, some people have got Raspberry Pi-based Google Glass systems or their own versions. They've learned how to program that. They've used yeah. the software that is, and the hardware that is available and made something very similar. What but, is what is the band that it falls into? Like, is it? It's not virtual reality, is it? How is it? Augmented reality, right? You're you're using. It's like wearable computers, aren't they? Like wearable computing. Yeah. I don't. I think it falls into line with. Uh, technological hybrids like we're using technology now to interact with our daily lives yeah and we need it to be honest i mean how many arguments can be solved just by put, pulling, out your, pulling out your phone and going fuck you look these are the lyrics to the rolling stones thing <laughs> oh the the phone is a the tool of my trade right now like I, i'm i love debunking people when they you know come out with something that sounds a little bit and everyone can fall proof to that. I mean, even, well, QI. I mean, Sir Stephen Fry has uh, unfortunately done a couple of goofs himself, you know, like they're bad. Stephen their Fry is fallible. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, the researchers on there can be fed bad information just like anyone else. So, like, and that's how it starts. You know, someone says and then it'll be on somewhere else and then lots more people hear about it and then it becomes a sort of abstract lie, but, you know, gets talked to people as if it's the truth. And uh, that's a problem really, isn't it? There's a little bit of a problem, man, but I wonder how many times the scientific community has actually suppressed something that is genuinely true just because it doesn't fit into their body of understanding. Like, quantum physics kind of amazes me sometimes because it operates on a different level. Like, they will happily break the laws that have been set down by nature or physics yeah. just to understand this, like quantum particles interacting with the same things over the, a completely different space in time. <laughs> Whatever happens to this particle here happens to that one there, but they're not there at the same time, but they just constantly flip between each other. That's something we need to put on our phones, man. Well, damn. Like, Well, I think science with science, you have to have a, a good attitude to changing your perspective or how it was before, and then looking back on it and being like, right, actually, guys, we were wrong for quite a while. We, we were in the right direction, but we found that a lot of that work was to waste. So what we've got to do now is write a new theory and then look for other evidence and like all they well they do systematically waste money on loads of stuff and then have to say oh shit we're you know wasting our time this is not the right way we have to yeah you know try with something else but i don't know i guess we have to be quite hard-hearted to be able to do that you know mm. always having to or maybe that you're just debunking everyone else's theories and saying you know what newton was wrong <laughs> <laughs> No, I want I want to I want to see some revolutionary ideas again, man. I'm not talking about Scientology. That's not fucking revolutionary. That's just a cult, allegedly. But something the equivalent of when some they told them like the Earth doesn't revolve around the sun. And what would be the the next revolutionary thing that would come out? What would be the next world changing? The world's not actually a sphere. 
Hicks actually. Well, I think if they ever discover like this Higgs boson thing, I think they're just going to be able to search for something deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, they're just going to get smaller and smaller and smaller until eventually they break down particles to these tiny, tiny, minuscule, smaller than dust things. You know, I, I don't, I don't actually see the point in like going even further down. Like I, I thought, when you get to atoms and you know that, that kind of sized particle, you, it's understandable. Like why? Do you need to go even further, like beyond what you can see with the eye? Like we, as humans, we're sort of well middle-sized, aren't we? we? You know, we we're not a microbe, we're not bacteria, and we're not a planet, mm. but we're in between, and that's how we view the world and like mm. our filter of or our perception. Like our area of perception is good enough so we can see our hand and see the object that we hold in it. And why do you need to see? Uh, no, I see practicality into it, man. I think the world needs to see, people need to see things through a different lens. And there's none so, nothing more true than seeing the world through either a microscope or a telescope, you know? I mean, that, that, that's... Looking at the bare bone structure. Mm, that, look, being able to detach exactly where you're living from, from miles away. Being able to see far off into the distance and take a picture of a distant place. I don't know why they're then using that technology to survey the planet but i mean i think they can they've actually got a detail a detailed enough satellite up there somewhere in the stratosphere hovering around that could take a picture of you picking your nose it's not out of the realm of possibility does google have that yet i mean they have a document of everyone in the world and every place in the world through their google maps right and they got google i think it's google sky and you can look through the stars It's, it's like a you're looking at the inside of a dome which is our seeable universe and how we see the face of it. So it's not, well, it's like from our point of view. So you, and literally you can just click around. But um, I've I become fascinated by it because uh, they're all like Hubble, really high quality photographs and you can just literally scan for it and mm-hmm. click on each little grid and see really high resolution, beautiful, like long exposure shots of these uh, nebula and stuff like that. And um, every so often you find like a little black kind of shadowy thing. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, think at the time in my life I was very into like ufology and you know the unknown looking into this kind of thing but I, I must have become quite paranoid about these things so I was looking through them and um you know showing them to my friends and you know fellow students and stuff like that but I think it was actually either a satellite or like the markers on the the grid so it could line up each single one because I've, I've noticed it was uniform every single time so if it was in fact a, a, a spaceship or something like that or unidentified object that wasn't supposed to be there it would have to like they would all have to be facing the same direction mm. if you get me so kind of debunked that one myself <laughs> but um yeah google sky a great nice little um it's interesting man i mean i don't have a you know a muslim world knowledge of skies like i couldn't navigate using the stars as well as G- they couldn't jesus time but i would like i, to I see i see man. stars like cassiopeia and those formations quite frequently i've got a weird call in to uh, Ursa Major as well. I don't know why. Every time Wait, I look up in the sky, that? I don't know. It's one just like a bit, like a bear, sort of. They all sort of look thing like things. They don't. Yeah, <laughs> you've really got the to look hard. One I, I see all the time is Orion. Hmm. I'm, I'm always trying to see Sagittarius hmm. because I think in the in the winter or like autumn here, Sagittarius is at night in the dark side, so I can see it in the night sky. But I, so I you're waiting for it. the time. Can, yeah, I can never see yeah. it. Ever, like, I've never, well, I've never pointed it out, but I like, hey, that's my constellation, my birth sign. 
Well, to be fair, I had to get glasses before I really appreciated the stars because I couldn't see shit, short-sighted and whatnot. So I look up at the star and I, like, the first time I got glasses, looked up and I was like, fuck, is that what the moon looks like? There's a face on it. <laughs> it's just a blurry mess before. Wow, man. But yeah, well, another use for lenses. As a kid, I always really wanted the, like a big telescope so I could see, like... Mm. I've, always, dreams. I've always wanted to see a supernova, to be honest. I've always just wanted to see what a, a, like a star looks like as it's dying or has died like 2,000 odd years ago, but and it's only taken that time for light to reach you, man. Well, isn't there some... Well, maybe nearly all of the stars that we can see in the night sky, the light has left those stars ages ago, like 200 million years ago. So they could have died and, you know, exploded already. So isn't there a couple of stars that are actually in the state is it red wolf or like become a certain yeah a certain the stage life of a star is a pretty interesting like yeah. they they just start off as a massive gravity and mix in with a hydrogen a rock that oh. gets bigger and bigger and starts it's a yeah, star man. man you know humans are stars we're uh, are we made from the particles from stars from we an are, exploding like, we are star. stardust like, yeah yeah man that's pretty deep though man to, to be like born from some carbon atoms that exploded some 20,000, some uncomprehensible amount of time ago. It's like a fucking fairy tale up in that star. In that star. No, one, no one can truly hazard a guess about what's up there. And I think I'm more inclined to believe the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Theory and quite hopeful for that. Someone pick me up. Well, yeah, no. I, 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 would, I would like to think that there is another sort of society going on. Like, I hope this will leave us out because we're not ready yet. Because I mean, looking at the race, I don't think we are. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, well, I think we're. I think we're. I think I'm. St- I'm still a believer. You know, in the old. What you think we're going to get? The X Files. You know, there's two types of people: the people that believe and the people that don't. <laughs> well, there's the people right, that right, believe I'll and the people that don't watch X Files. What do you think aliens look like? Oh man, it's un- unimaginable, man. You can you like? I'm quite fond of the the film K Pax because Kevin Spacey K-Pax. is. Oh, it's it's really it's really cool, man. Um, Kevin Spacey's, uh, he's like a traveller, he turns up in a train station and almost immediately gets arrested and then put in an institution because he claims to the police officers that he's from another world. He doesn't have ID, he doesn't have anything like that because he's not from Earth, he's from somewhere else. So they put him in, they commit him or whatever they do in America and they put him in this institution. Yes, but actually the same guy that played the dude... And uh, Bowski. Dude. Uh, what's the guy's name? Jeff Bridges, I believe. Something like that. To be honest, I see, yeah, I see so him Jeff a lot. Bridges. He's the, he's the doctor, and he like forms a relationship with, like, and he sort of, he actually believes him, because he, but like, yeah, like, the most the potent thing that I think, well, your wife reminded me of that film and why I've just started explaining it is because he has a conversation with the, the doctor, and um, he's talking to him about why. Do you look like a human then? If you if you're an alien, why why do you look just like me? And he says, "Well, the the configuration. Why is a bubble round? That's how he does it. He goes, why is a bubble round? And he goes, well, because it's a bubble. And he goes, well, no, because the it's the most optimum configuration for a bubble to be. It's like the, the most perfect shape. So that's why you, I look like you because on K-Pax I look like a K-Paxian. On Earth I look like a human, but that's you know the optimum kind of thing." Just for this planet, it's well, yeah, pretty like, ideal to be looked like you. Yeah, well, I, I mean, 
we can look at the orangutans like um, and the monkeys on our planet and like their hands are literally exact this exactly the same kind of definitions like maybe their fingers are a little bit longer and slender and obviously a little bit stronger as well depends but, what species well yeah well i mean it, like some it's especially orangutans man if you're looking mm. at orangutans hands they are like our hands mm. like but much longer arms, man. They're more adapted to living in trees. Um, Far more adapted. You've seen them swing through those things. No, yeah, but and they, but they've got a certain like calm charisma about them. They don't like rush. They sort of like swing quite slowly. They're just like really agile and stuff. I mean, the the similarities between apes and humans is you know ridiculous, obviously, because we're related. But what I don't understand is if we got to a certain point, or you know, whether it's evolution or you know our history as a race. Why did certain groups... Are we just like another race of monkeys that like became super intelligent? Because why did some monkeys stay monkeys and stay jamming in the trees and stuff? And we evolved to this point? Crocodiles have looked the same for millennia. Hmm. You know, why, why, why isn't this crocodile world? Yeah. Well, on the face of it, man, humans suck. They're squishy. Hmm. No, but we're, they, they we're very really good at what we do. Killed. Like, we don't suck. But we had to we're, think... We're really good at what we do. Yeah. This is what we choose to do sometimes quite destructive but we're so reliant on on, on those, that kind of weaponry in order to develop which we, kind of weaponry knives spears bows and arrows it like, like gradually increases until someone has a nuke yeah but I think weapons are like this is a relic of like an old era everyday life in society now we have well I guess in the UK we don't carry guns or weapons but I suppose criminals or someone who's got malicious intent is going to carry a concealed weapon but mm. Normal people, they ain't going to carry a weapon. Well, not Take it long. back, you know, three, four hundred years ago, everyone was packing a sword, like axe yeah. and stuff like that, just in case something was about to happen. So we have already sort of evolved in a way. I think we should just forget the guns. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm a complete advocate for a completely pacifistic society. Unfortunately, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Mm. <laughs> you put down the weapons, unfortunately, someone, it wouldn't take someone long. I mean, look at the state of Tibet. A peaceful nation completely driven in by China. What, what, what? Recently? What's happening in Tibet? I don't... This isn't a very long time ago, mate. Like, the mm. Chinese invaded the t- Tibet. P- Tibet didn't put on much of a struggle. It's not a massive nation. It's mostly Buddhist monks, mostly. But, you know, it's a peaceful nation. They have a pacific, na- pacific nature. Yeah, well, well, well So none, could you imagine yeah. being able to set up your own colony... And someone just comes, like, you try and establish it as a sort of commune. You don't have any guns at all. Someone's going to come rob you really quickly. Yeah, well, because they're defenseless. Yeah. So what, they were molested and they were... They were ravaged. <laughs> Pillaged. <laughs> nice. Synchronous, man. Mm. Well, um, not that I'm a vegan or anything like that. I'm a advocate of eating a lot of meat, but... I've started to try not to kill as many insects and like sort of just sort of waft them out of my house and stuff like that. Did you kill but, a black... Uh, yeah. What was it called? Black Widow, man. We found a black... No. Recluse uh, the spider? False, no, the False Widow. That's it. Which is, well, quite potentially uh, quite bad. Most of the injuries that have happened to it are like really bad, pussy, like huge inc- incisions have to be made and stuff like that. I don't know how many fatalities in this country there's been, but there has been a couple of fatalities. So they're one of the lethal breeds that have kind of become successful in our country. We found one just outside our flat. Like, you was potting some... Sunflowers. Literally outside our flat. And uh, see this bit of a beast. He looks kind of red, like a bit of a sparkly silver pattern on the back. Quite distinctive. Almost looks like a skull on the back of it. But um, quite a fat old belly. So 
kill it. I did. And I was kind of, I got, give me the heebie-jeebies, man. I'm usually okay with spiders, but since we recognised so it. So you killed it out of fear, I presume. Um, yeah, I mean. Fear of what it might do. I suppose, I suppose but I'm, I mean like, well, then, just preventation. What if it was like you, a mother one and it like wanted to give birth to a nest while they want to nest right outside my house? You wouldn't get a nest, man. I mean, obviously it didn't have like, a, like a family. I don't think it would stay there for too long. I mean, I tend to mm-hmm. leave them to their own devices. Yeah, but... I mean, I know... It's a dangerous species, man, so I think... Yeah, but, you know, badgers carry yeah. tuberculosis. Should we kill them? Should we kill the mosquitoes? They've got malaria. I thought they were doing that. They're, they're trying to... It's, it's more to do... Because you can't kill all the mosquitoes, regardless of how much you... Because you damage the ecosystem in some way, right? There'd be a knock-on effect. Some way or another. So what you want to do is just keep them away from the cities, because that's where you don't want malaria spreading. Yes. Mm. So if you've got... Well, a, no, why couldn't they just modify the gene so they don't get malaria? Why can't they just make all the, all the mosquitoes have a recessive gene that makes them immune to malaria so they don't no longer transmit malaria That's a good humans. question. Mm. That'd be a very difficult thing to organise. Well, I mean, I'm not zoologist. tiny. But I did, on a slightly similar note, um, the other night I was standing in my flat and I found two ladybugs in my, just in my kitchen, like crawling around in my ceiling and I was like, okay. And I found a few in the last couple of weeks as well so I'm starting to think that something might be going on maybe there's a nest or something so i did a little bit of research and i happened to find a website detailing another type of invasion that we're sort of you know under right now which is a ladybird um or like a rival ladybird species and it's a lot more aggressive and a lot more like territorial and although the both of them are quite carnivorous they eat like aphids and stuff they also eat the larva of our, our two-spotted ladybugs now the difference is the spots and like these ones are a little bit more orange orange in color and they've got like you know five or six spots on the back like our, our ones you know the gardener's friend ladybird has got two spots yeah like the old walrus thing yeah the old, or like one spot on yeah. each or each wing right oh so yeah because i do i have i have sort of seen this over the course of my life i remember them being a very scarce red looking you know like the classic stereotypical yeah ladybug color and then over the course of my life, as I go walking through the woods or something, I start seeing slightly more orangey ones or orangey looking ones. Yeah, I'd never really questioned it as a species, but are they dangerous? Well, not dangerous to us necessarily. They um, like to hibernate in inside the shelter of houses, and they like you know wooden uh, window frames and stuff like that, which we have got upstairs, which you don't have. But um, yeah, so they nest inside houses, and they can be well. Um, I mean, they're a threat to our. The only, the only thing they're a threat to is our ladybirds, really. But like, I could just annihilate them. But a bit like the, you know, the red squirrels. Like, yeah. they just R.I.P. Red squirrel. Yeah. Oh, like, did you happen to see any red squirrels? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I went. I, do, I went to a school in the woods, so it was inevitable. I saw a lot of bluebells as well. I don't see those many much anymore. Bluebells. Yeah. What a flower. Yeah, bluebells, man. Yeah. Just like they were everywhere in like springtime, and yeah, barely see them anymore. Mm. I'm definitely interested in learning to identify more species, particularly of acacia trees. Actually, <laughs> but, um, I mean, yes, I just want to look. All... I want to be able to identify leaves and sort of, for one, to be able to feed feed my tortoise. Man, I want to be able to look at something. And be like, yeah, you can eat that. Like, you, can't you can eat, eat dandelions, man. He can't eat. You can. I can eat dandelions. He can't. Um, 
like wait, so which one's one? the dandelion the one with the it's the one that looks kind of like a lion a gay lion I suppose yeah no yeah that, no he can eat dandelions he can't eat daffodils yeah, that makes sense they're bulbs hmm why does it make sense because they're comp- like dandelions are weeds and a daffodil is uh, the same thing you see in those little mur- you know they, they come up in bulbs every spring yeah they're completely bulbs. different completely different no yeah yeah but I mean with the different ranges of flowers that you can eat well I know you can eat roses but I don't imagine that to be a very good taste um, I actually quite like rose syrup. Um, rose syrup? Spice. Yeah, as an ingredient. Working at a Lebanese place, I like a fig jam, which is whole figs. It's got syrup, like a honey, um, a little bit of rose syrup in there. But, um, it's really, really chronic. Not too keen on the rose tea. I don't like the rose sort of fragrant taste in my tea, though. <laughs> I'm not on that. <laughs> I don't really mix up the varieties. Like someone ask, offers me, like, do you, do you want to have a tea? Yeah, we've got Earl Grey, we've got Jasmine, we've got pomegranate. Like, let's run off a list of all these different teas. And I'm That's like, weird. I do, I, I do eat, I do, I do, I do eat, I do eat Redbush occasionally. Ew. No, I do. Is drink, that uh, euthanism? No. <laughs> no, I drink Redbush. I'm starting to try and drink green tea as well because mm. reportedly, you know, antioxidants better better for you than. Oh, basically anything, anything where you boil, tea. you can boil anything. Just get open up a tea bag. I've, I've got some calamint on the windowsill that just grows there, and I yeah. don't do anything with it. So I occasionally it will overgrow. Yeah, cut off the leaves, stick it in a tea bag, let it yeah. boil there for a second, and then just drink that. No idea what mint does to you. Sometimes I feel a bit, um, bit of a, whoo, and then I'm off again. I like to eat. eat I like a couple of remedies. Yeah, though. I I like to eat you know fresh mint occasionally. Parsley, a bit of parsley. They're good uh, palate cleansers. Obviously, mint is, you know, breath freshener. But parsley is another good one. That's, you know, while they dress, dress your plate in a restaurant, they put a little bit of parsley on it. It's meant to be like a palate cleanser after you've eaten. Oh, cool. Yeah, man. Now we know. Thank you, Chef Mitch. Yeah, no problem, man. <laughs> hey, do you know what chef means in French? Uh, chief. Yeah, cool, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, I do like it. Like, and it kind of explains why the European chefs that I've encountered in you know, various places I've worked in, they say boss quite a lot. Mm. Rather than saying yes, chef, they say yes, boss. Like to anyone. And it's interchangeable kind of for them. But uh, yeah, man, I like it. So, um, hey, do you want to make an LLC? What's an LLC? A limited liability company. Um, what does this mean? <laughs> I thought we were, I've heard of a PLC like a private limited what's a limited wait is that again it means limited liability company it basically means you can set up something in your name and have it take the taxes for you <laughs> yeah yeah you have to do obviously taxes for it <laughs> how would you like surely there's a way of opting out of paying the income tax because like literally they take it off you without you really letting them you know what I mean in order to get actually paid gets automatically deducted from your payslip before you get it so you don't have to think about it and you know it is the easiest option I suppose but you know who's in control of that like um, and if if you do the math right? if you do the math like I'm not going to do the math right now but if you took like, I have no idea literally this is some mm. lame and shame going here you know <laughs> I watched a really interesting what was a mini, like a mini documentary on the economy and like what is the true you know the top 5% of people in the world 
hold 90% of all the world's money. Mm. And it was like, basically a guy doing like an analysis of the stats and how it actually really looks, like the graph and how many people are really in the bottom grade and like how it actually spans out. And even in the, you know, develop, developed countries, the gap between the rich people and the poor people is absolutely insane. And like, it's only going to keep, that's how the system is designed to do it. It's only going to keep getting more empowered mm. and the gap just going to keep getting wider. Mm. But uh, that was a bit of a tangent. No, no, no. I think the distribution of wealth is quite an important topic, man, because you want, like, just, just by having money, obviously the people that over the course of its existence, we unfortunately have to admit that a lot more people have fingers in pies than the people who have never had money. Never developed yeah, never smelt pie, let alone put their finger near it, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's how it is. I mean, the well, the stock market's gone digital, isn't it? It's all done by computers mm. that run algorithms and just trade and, you know, make the big, powerful companies even more powerful. Mm. So, so if you have an understanding something. of economics, yeah. do you have an understanding of economics beyond not, what you've read on the internet? Not really. No, yeah. I don't um, know how this fucking I mean, thing works. The, it's, it's like an evil fucking machine that I keep in my pocket to keep it warm. And if I don't have any, I feel really weird. Hmm. I, I just try and almost disassociate myself with the idea of like going out and like spending loads of money. Like I, I don't often treat myself. I, I stay within my region of like my normal habits, and then every now and then I'll let a little bit loose. Mm. But I don't know, man. You are. Like change your bank account, but um, I mean, a few years ago, I was living in my overdraft. Literally, I was, I was getting paid, but the money was rolling out of my account. Uh, it was only like two hundred fifty quid. Like, I know people who've you know got some serious financial problems. So there's nothing to whine about. But the whole, literally, probably over a year and a half, I didn't have a positive. I didn't. I wasn't in the black at all. Like every single, you know, every single ba- bank account. Well, it was a. It was just a cycle of uh, yeah, not being every, able to get out of it, I imagine. Yeah, and I, I couldn't, you know, bump it up. shit to do. But, you know, mm. well, I guess my attitude changed. So I'm, you know, paying rent. And I haven't been late yet, so. Pat myself on the back. <laughs> well, that's good, man. You know, it's always important to stay on top of your financial situation, even if you fucking hate money. I yeah. will learn that lesson one day. Well, you know... Here's out to the sixty percent of people that you know are looking for work. You know, if you're sick of looking for interviews, start bit mining, man. Get into this uh, newfangled currency that's get all over the shop. Yeah, you heard it here, folks. Whatever your job seekers' allowance is, go out and buy yourself a mining rig. <laughs> Don't spend anything less than thousands of pounds. Don't. Is wait, that good what? advice? No. No, that's irresponsible. Bad, Ollie. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um... All right, we're going to have to start wrapping up here, Mitch. Yeah, bro. We are gonna... the layman shaman. And again? <laughs> Can you do it again for me? No more, man. Just do it one more time. My face hurts. We are the layman shamans. Less singing. Just say it normally, like a few fights. I can't. Whenever someone says do something, I I can't not do it. It's weird. I thought we was past the red light syndrome by now. What, the red light syndrome? 
What's that? What red light syndrome? Oh yeah, what we're recording right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was preamble. I didn't know. I didn't realize she was recording right now. I like this, like this, man. Maybe we should just attach. Can, can is there any way to wirelessly connect these microphones? I think so. We can just strap them to our faces and just talk to each other like that. There are ways of doing it. Like we we've got could a clip on. we could broadcast from our own flat and just have a chat. Like over headphones. <laughs> hey, Mitch. <laughs> Are you upstairs? Yeah. Right. Tell you a bit. Do another outro. I'm going to edit it. Don't worry, man. We are the... Li- I can't be able to sing either. You're right. Don't sing. I can't. We've been the Lame and Shamans. Goodbye. Jeremy Clarkson sign off. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um... Oh, come on, impersonation time. Jeremy Paxman, that's the fucking one. I forgot Jeremy his name. Paxman? Yeah. Can you do a Jeremy Paxman impression? No, who can I do? Um, Welcome to Lemon Shaman Dubata. Ah, ah, ah. Jabata Hata, like podcast. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> you make any sense? You try one. You've been listening to the dark side of the layman shamans. <laughs> Come with me. Uh, what else does he say? The force is strong with this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're out. We're out of here, bitches.